This is Nerd Podcast Radio, brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash nerdpodcastradio. Check out and support us on Patreon for tons of content, including a bonus episode for each episode. If you'd like to reach out to us, the best way to do that is our Nerd Podcast Radio Facebook page, where we share all sorts of nerdy stuff. You can also find us on Instagram, at Nerd Podcast Radio, and on Twitter, at Nerdcast Radio. Don't forget to review us on iTunes or whatever podcast provider you use. Reviews are important as they help our podcast grow. Thanks for listening, everyone. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Nerd Podcast Radio, your nerd home away from home. Welcome to Nerd Podcast Radio. I'm your host today, Super Vegan Brian, and I am joined by Kirstie Smurferka. Hola. Day Toothpick. <laughs> it's been a long time since, I've, since that nickname's been used on this podcast. Otherwise known as David Theobald III. Hello, um, nurse. We Someone's are do joined by a special guest, Uncle Milty himself, um, our um, Erica and um, Erica and myself shared father, Milton. Welcome to the podcast this morning. Welcome. It's my pleasure. Thank you, guys. Now, it has been ages since you have joined us. You joined us once before. I I don't even remember what we talked about. I, I don't remember what the topic was. I, it, I was that... it was the last Star Wars movie, and we had a blast going over all the technical stuff associated with oh, it. Oh, yeah. And then we, then, then we let you and Mikey nerd out on naval stuff for yes. a good yes. half hour. Um, for, this is going to be know, fun. For the listeners, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, geez, um, I'm in my mid fifties. I did, uh, I, I had fun in the Navy. I uh, did 21 years in the Navy. I got to see 30 foreign countries, uh, live in every state, but Alaska. Uh, I was on seven different ships, um, 30 foreign countries. I, I think I said that yeah. I got to work with NASA, national space technology laboratories, research rockets divisions. I got to play with all kinds of wonderful tech toys, the latest ships. And then since then, I've uh, migrated into the civilian world and I uh, work in a uh, logistics company now. So, But the most important part and the part that he left out is that he's a nerd from the OG OG. He's more OG than I am OG I because think... he taught me how to be OG playing Dungeons and Dragons uh, his whole life, going to the video arcades in the 80s, uh, you know, when that was a thing in the Something. 70s. Tons of quarters in the machines. Having a very impressive um, comic book collection. I I think the term we're all the the term on the tip of my tongues tongue tongues. The the term on the tip of my tongue is grognar. 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 It's a it's a it's a term for super old school gamer and geek. All right. Yeah, I would say that yep. would be accurate then. Yeah, I, if it's a geek toy, I, I pretty much have played with most of them, and 
like like Erica said, you know, I, I've been playing uh, D&D and, and some of the early um, text-based computer games all the way back to the TRS-80, where it was just a green screen uh, with no hard drive, no video cards, no anything. It, uh, the, the program was actually on an old-fashioned, if you can remember them, cassette decks. <laughs> the machine would run back and forth. They didn't even have RAM. There's so. an entire generation now that doesn't know what those are. Yeah, exactly. if you tap into, into tabletop role-playing game, Milton played a game called Rollmaster for years. Oh. And when I when I first met Milton, he he pushed this game on me hard. It they did everything that modern role-playing games do long before. Like when oh, yeah. AD&D was doing Thaco conversion, Rollmaster was was doing the kind of elegant calculation that D&D 3E was doing and Pathfinder was doing. Oh, God. Yeah, that, that was in uh, the early 80s. That was in 86, I think it was. Wow, the year I was born. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I thoroughly loved it because... Uh, being a geek and, and playing all the different role-playing games, uh, it was more realistic than D&D ever could be in its aspects. You know? So we're doing things a little different th this morning. Um, we're actually able to see each other. We're recording video. Um, you know, for the people who listen to the audio only podcast, um, this, you know, we might reference what we see on occasion. We will do our best to explain that. Um, we're going to post this on our Patreon at Nerd Podcast Radio. I, no, I always do that at patreon.com slash Nerd Podcast Radio. And um, we will, we're just exploring the technology right now since we just recently switched to Zoom. But our topic this morning, um, we're a little late to the punch on this for other podcasts and YouTube channels, but we're going to be talking about The Mandalorian. I don't think it's a little late is now we can talk with spoilers and not have to feel guilty about it. We always do that. We wait, you know, we have so many hosts. We have to wait until everyone's seen it and, you know, we can have a full spoiler conversation. And yeah, so this episode will have massive spoilers for both seasons of The Mandalorian. We're also going to be talking about Star Wars Legends quite a bit. So spoiler warning now. Um, but, you know, so we'll be talking about that today. But first... But first, we're going to play everybody's favorite game, What's Nerdy With You, where each person talks about the nerdiest thing they did in the last two weeks, and we vote using the patented Mike Myler widget system. And that recording is on point, Brian. Yeah, I know. It's so <laughs> great, great that we pre-recorded Erica saying it now, so we can just plug it in. Um, and Milton, since you are our guest, you get to go first. So oh. in the last few weeks, what was nerdy with you? Uh, the nerdiest thing uh, with me is, uh, if you can laugh, is, is watching uh, cartoons with my youngest daughter. Watching the uh, latest of, of best was uh, the new Carmen San Diego. If, and if you remember old school, this is a different one. <laughs> is this the one that's on Hulu? In Netflix, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have seen that. I, I'm going to have to watch that. Is it good? It's actually really good. They they completely changed her storyline background, and they you know she's still going around doing the the stealing things, and she's going around the world. But uh, the great thing is is she now has a full background 
And uh, with you get to see the reasons why she does it. I don't want to be a, a, too much of a spoiler of that series because, you know, no one's watched it. We're talking about The Mandalorian, but it was actually very well thought out. And I really enjoyed the the artwork in it and um, and, and everything is very well done. See, I disagree with you. I think the nerdiest thing you did this week was help me with my Excel program and my formulas. That's what I think the nerdiest thing you did this week was. But Okay, I mean, well, I, I don't think of that as nerdy, but okay. Mm. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, right. if, I wasn't, if I wasn't married to an accountant, I'd be calling Milton for help with Excel. <laughs> I have learned so many things in the last two weeks on Excel. I was like, I knew I could do this. I didn't know how. And dad's like, oh, that's easy. Let me show you. (laughs) No, actually, I make you do it. I just tell you where to go on the screen, what buttons to press, and what to type into the into the cells. What I might be calling Milton about is setting up reports, pulling from an SQL database. That would be something that I could use some help with that that um, he could help me with that Heather wouldn't be as apt with. <laughs> you okay? He's coughing quite badly, so he muted his mic. Yeah, it's um, COVID-free, just... Um, Coffee. <laughs> yeah, you're not supposed to inhale that. Last time you did that as liquid was when you were um, <laughs> in vitro. <laughs> um, so, um, Erica, what was nerdy with you? I'm going to give David the penultimate turn. Breaking his uh, breaking his outline already. Heesh. We're no, off to a. Turn. It's David's turn. No, it's hey, I, hey, hey! Look at the outline. It's changing. Oh my God! It actually can change. You can type things on this. Wow! Who knew? Oh. All right. So my nerdy thing uh, actually happened last night, which was super awesome. So uh, I run a D and D game, and we were we were done with game, and we were just kind of chatting around. And our mutual friend, Brent Bowser, who has been on this um, podcast before, um, was telling us about a third-party rule supplement that he was making for Pathfinder 2. And uh, excitingly, it is a card game within the game he created the rules for. So very much like Witcher 2, where you can play a card game within the game. He created a collectible card game that you Mm -hmm. play inside of the Pathfinder 2nd. Oh, that's cool. Yes. (laughs) And uh, how I get tied to this is uh, he created a card after me. It's named after me. It's called Elin's Archangel, and it removes all conditions. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah, he made her an Easter egg in the game it's great i i'm go- we're gonna have to put a pin in brent's card game because i i would love to do an entire episode on mini games inside tabletop role-playing games now because that that it, i i'm immediately thinking it's like how does he tabulate the cards does he make physical cards what <laughs> what, what what how do you do it what do you do so, there, so there's no physical cold cards he actually sent me the whole thing so that i could <laughs> I was like, hey, can I talk about this tomorrow? And he was like, yeah, absolutely. So uh, just depending, you have to roll to figure out what cards. There's sets of uh, common and uncommon and rare cards. uh, And then there's optional rules and and different things Uh, you get to use when you're playing against other players. You get to use things like intimidate or persuade and stuff like that to... uh, 
get players to do what you want. So very much like real life gambling. It, he has the entire rule set. It's amazing. So. Oh, I am fascinated by that. What is the rarity of your card? Oh, I'm on the rare table. Of course. Come on. Yeah. Not only am I on the rare tw- table, but I'm the uh, number 12 rare card, which also happens to be the date of my birthday. And I thought it was super sweet that he even remembered that. <laughs> I know. So, uh, yeah, he's got some he's got some great card names. He has a benevolent tyrant. Um, <laughs> like there's just a ton of great card names on here. Uh, there. Oh, where is the one that I thought was great? Uh, the psych, uh, Cyclopean Prince. So a one-eyed Jack. Um, <laughs> like, like most of oh, these yeah. are puns, and they're just absolutely fabulous. Of course, it's Brent Bowser's thing. Of course, they're puns. I know. <laughs> there's that. There's the Ice Storm Hydra. So hail Hydra. Oh um, my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good pun. <laughs> Younger Nautilus was another one. I mean, there's just, he's really good, you know, because he's Brent. Oh, that's so good. What was nerdy with you, David? Well, uh, my nerdy thing involves, uh, uh, I'm, I'm replacing my vehicle with a different one. Um, so I've had to clean out the trunk of my current vehicle and I am, it never ceases to amaze me the amount of gaming stuff that I have forgotten was in my trunk that I have rediscovered now that I'm cleaning it out. (laughs) Like I found several of my physical copies of books I had forgotten where they were. Uh, I found a bunch of my, uh, miniature painting stuff I'd forgot. I thought was in someone's house. I forgot was in my trunk. Uh, that's good yeah that's good that's that that is the inside life of a gamer it's like you clean out your closet and you find you find the project you worked on right 10 years ago i was like i I was i was well it was funny because i was talking with a friend of mine asking if i can get my paints back and they're like well i don't know where they are i was like well i left them at your house i was like well i don't see i was like oh well apparently they were in my trunk (laughs) found them question for you david um have you been able to scratch your miniature gaming itch online at all uh not as much no not really oh man i i i feel sorry you know i want to go to the next live strategic con because everyone being so excited about being back oh my god it's gonna be be, great yeah oh yeah it's gonna be a party Yeah, like no, more so than where in LA three times a year they have this amazing gaming convention called Strategicon, which celebrates tabletop miniature gaming, board gaming, gaming in general. Games. Does it matter? The yeah, genre. it 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 is a fantastic place, and David is one of the fixtures there. He's been going there since he was a kid, almost twenty years now. Yeah. Dad, now you know somewhere you get to go when COVID's over. Exactly. Strategicon is a really cool thing to do, even if you just do it once or if you go every single time. Because it's since it's every three-day weekend of the year, there's three of them. It's the big three. It's President's Day, Memorial Day, and Labor Day. Yeah, the only one they don't cover is Veterans Day. And it's it's just... It's just a, it's just an amazing thing. I mean, you could go just for the vendors. You could go to play games. You could go to go to panels. But it's, it's just a phenomenal experience. I, it, it'll. 
would be one of the reasons other than it, it's probably my tier four reason for going back home. <laughs> tier four reason. Well, nice. I got to put mom on the top. Of I know. I know. I'm just the way you, you said that was great. But yeah, so I am really looking forward to when we can do that. Hopefully May happens, but uh, I'm if at the latest, I'm holding out hope for September. But they've already announced that the February con is going to be online again. So yeah. Um, so Brian, what's nerdy with you? Beat me to it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, I've been doing a number of things. I um, was going through HBO Max uh, the other day, and I just about fell out of my chair when I saw that they have put up the entire T of Babylon 5 on HBO Max. Nice. It, that is a big deal. It it has been hard to find the DVDs. It hasn't been streaming anywhere. Babylon 5 is one of the best sci-fi series ever made because when it was conceived, it was conceived as five seasons. It wasn't one of these things that they were like, it's going to go forever. It was the first time a serialized show planned the serial from the beginning and never planned on just being episodic, never planned on being Monster of the Week. They were planning long-form TV before long-form TV was a thing. Um, and I... having the ability to stream this is just epic because now you can make the connections that you couldn't make when you were watching it every week. Babylon 5 does things that things set up in the first season, things set up in the very first episode pay off in season three or in season four. They, it, it, it was, it was just a well-crafted piece of art. And I am so excited to be watching this. I, I, I couldn't believe it. I've been waiting for a way. And the only thing that makes me really sad is for years, my stepdad had been wanting a way to watch Babylon 5. And we'd been trying to get the DVDs. We were trying to find some kind of streaming service and there was just nothing. And he passed away a couple years ago. So I'm watching it in his honor because it's just, it's just amazing. It's just amazing to be able to see the Shadow War set up in the first episode, to be able to see the just how well made this show that was made in the 90s is Oh, it's 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 an absolute work of art. And I am just so excited. I'm 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 only one episode in. I'm I'm not doing the binge until I dehydrate thing. You're not um, watching a show properly then. <laughs> but it's it's five it's five seasons. It's a solid story. It ends. It doesn't go on. It it's not one of those shows where when they were writing it, they were planning on ending it eventually and they're relying on ratings. He took a gamble and was like, I'm going to make it. I know exactly where it's going. I have the whole thing outlined out. It's going to be this. And it happened. It, it really happened. They pulled it off. They actually finished it. And you can you can watch that unfold. It's, it's really, really, really exciting. Um, it's the British television model, isn't it? Yes, yes. They've been doing that for like probably around the same time, I'm thinking. I'm thinking Babylon 5 kicked it off right around the same time that Britain started doing longer form television. You know, shorter shorter seasons, full serialized stories. Yeah, but the, the, the thing about British television shows that is interesting for American audiences when they get into them is that a lot of them just end. They get to a point, story's over, done, no more. <laughs> 
Yeah, and you know what? And, and that's the hardest hard to, thing. That's hard to swallow for American audiences sometimes because they're so used to the American way of TV where it'll just keep going and going until no one cares anymore. One of the things that I think that's interesting about British television is a show will come out and do a first season. And then the next, maybe in two years, then they'll do another season. And then six years later, they'll do another season. But it's not like the show's coming back. That's by design. Mm-hmm. They just, it's like they, there's no drive to have it every time. They'll just, it's just like their budgetary is different. Their organization is different. They, it's so weird that the show will just continue five years after it originally came out. I mean, if you watch like the IT crowd. Oh man. Yeah. They, there's big spaces between each season. Yep. And their seasons are super short too. They're only like 10 episodes. Yeah. If that. Uh, Sherlock is a great example. They only had three episodes a year for but like. The episodes some... are like movies. They're like an hour and a half long. Fair, fair enough. But there's only three of them. <laughs> yeah, but they're phenomenally well Absolutely. done. Absolutely, it's a great show. It was well worth the wait, but it was excruciating. Are they? Yeah. Are they going to do another Sherlock? Or is I that... don't know. <laughs> um, the last I've read, yes, but it's becoming more and more difficult. Mm. Well, Cumberbatch is getting busier and busier. So yeah, the, yeah. Um, well, not just Cumberbatch. Everyone yeah. is getting really, really busy. Um, I mean, even just getting Mark Gaddis to come back is hard. Fair enough. Um, so that is it for our game. Let's move on to voting. Um, the way we do this is we all um, we will give you a number of widgets, and you can hand them out to people you think have the nerdiest thing this week. Uh, Milton, you have five widgets. Who would you like to give them to, and why? Hmm. Let's see. I have to. I have to give David a couple. I'm going to give David two of the five. Well, thank you. I, I, I know how that is because I have moved 28 times, and you find things that <laughs> <laughs> you lost, and you're like, "Oh, that's where that went." So do, you even bother, do you even bother unpacking at that point? You're like, "I just got to move again. Fuck it." <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, that was because of the military. I've actually I, lived where I live now longer than I've ever lived anywhere in my whole life. <laughs> so, so that that's that's a new thing. Uh, and definitely. and uh, I'll, I'll I'll give uh, Erica gets the other t- gets two because you know that, that's just fantastic that you know uh, she's got a card named after her now. Oh yeah. So, oh yeah. And, and, and Prince, and it's going to be around full Elba. Yep. I'm very excited. <laughs> Moving up in the world. And I, I'm going to give Brian one because uh, I only got to see Babylon 5 a little bit uh, when I was in the Navy because of being on a ship and, and disappearing for, you know, six, nine months at a time. I, I didn't get to see the whole series in its uh, entirety. But what I did see, I really enjoyed. So. And now you get to go and watch it. Exactly. Now I get to go back and watch it, and I do a lot of watching old TV shows. So, I think, uh, if you have HBO Max, Dad, I think there is a way that we could watch it together. I think it has that like shared watching feature or something. Yeah, no, I have HBO Max, and and okay. and, and 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 Brian, you you were you were out. I, I gave you one of my widgets, and I gave it two to Erica. And but uh, as as I was saying, uh, I I didn't get to see all the Babylon Five because of you know um, my military you know travels. Oh, it's but, just so great that you can do it now. It's it's such a good show. I yeah. 
I never like because of the episodic nature of the show, I was never able to watch every episode in order. I've, I'm sure there's things I've missed. I'm familiar with the story, but it, I've never been able to just watch the whole thing. And now I finally can. I, it's so exciting. And I'm glad that HBO Max got it. I oh, I'm just so happy about that. Um, well, well- Erica, you get five. Yeah. So I'm going to give you two, Brian, because now I want to watch Babylon 5, and I never really wanted to before. Not for any particular reason, but I knew it was there and never really thought about it. So now I'm going to. Uh, And then I'm going to give uh, my dad two. Because who doesn't love to watch cartoons, even though I still think the nerdiest thing he did was helping me with Excel. So, you know, both of those things. And then I'm going to give one to David because uh, I know what it's like to find stuff you were looking for for like ever. And then you like go through the trunk of your car or a closet or something got shoved under a table somewhere that you didn't know about. And you're mm. like, Oh shit, there it is. All right. You know, I know that excitement. Yeah. So. I mean, it's, it's sadly the easiest way to find something is to buy a replacement for it, but that's, uh, <laughs> some things can't be replaced though. Like if you were painting your miniatures, yeah, you could replace them, but all that work you did. You oh, know? I know. I'm just, sometimes, you know, the, the you never find, you'll never find something until you buy its replacement. Then, oh, there it is. I was looking oh, for yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Rowan hid my, uh, just, just this last summer, I had a set of Beats headphones and I really enjoyed them because I used them when I was mowing the grass because it literally cut all the other sound out. Hmm. So I could listen to my audiobook while I was mowing the grass. <laughs> And um, she she stole them and hid them. And I looked everywhere and I couldn't find them. So I finally gave in and I bought a second pair. And the day they arrived, she goes, here you go, mommy. And I went, oh, my God, are you kidding me? Is that exactly my point? (laughs) And they're done that. That is exactly my point. Uh, so it's my turn. Uh, I'm going to give Erica two because she is now an Easter egg inside a game, inside a game. Uh, Milton gets my other three because cartoons are awesome. Thank you, Dave. Uh, Brian, how about you? I'm going to give uh, all of my widgets to Erica. Wow. Wow. What was your nerdy thing again? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not biased or anything. No, he's not at all. Um, yeah, th- no, that's an honor. I-, I think you should win just because you got to be part of one of Brent's mini games. It's just, I-, I look forward to seeing that system. I will use it. I-, I I would love to include a collectible card game inside my game. <laughs> yeah, it's getting it's getting published by uh, Saturday Morning Games as a Pathfinder 2 rules edition oh that's a good company mm-hmm. hopefully it's not one of those 30 dollar pdfs i don't think so i don't think so well, well we will have to have brent back to talk about that we i i will reach out to him almost immediately i'm i'm literally going to go into the after episode notes and type contact brent i was gonna surprise i'm, I'm surprised you're not writing in me an email as we speak well, no, we're focusing on the podcast, David. We can't get sidetracked. Right, because, you know, Brian never types anything or does stuff on his computer while we're recording. <laughs> never. Perish the thought. Oh, well, I guess that means I win. Yay! Yay! Yay. So the widgets are currently organized into a union. <laughs> So they... Yeah, it's the, uh, the, the game tokens, local uh, 1232. But they're surprisingly, they're surprisingly cooperative and they're on their way. 
maybe it's going to help us out. We'll have to keep track of the union process, but yeah, the, we, we, the, we, the, the, twi- the, the widgets are on their way. Um, we've got a meeting with their regulatory board after the episode. Yeah, but you know, that's fine. I'm really good at contract negotiations. It's exactly. We should be all right. For a living. We should be all right. <laughs> I did. I did to keep them in line. I did send an email to our inter- interdimensional lawyers just in case. We'll see what they say. Oh, so we are ready for topic. Um, we are going. We're talking about the Mandalorian. Um, this has been an exciting topic. Um, I just, I'm just going to hand the microphone over to Milton and just say, "Hey, uh, bef- what, are, what? What? Before we start, what, David, what? One more warning for people that didn't understand us before. There are going to be spoilers ahead. <laughs> be warned. I, you know, for posterity, just had to do it one more time. You know, other podcasts might just do a general discussion of the show and not do spoilers, but this is the way <laughs> we do it way. on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is so, the way. This is the way. So, Milton, I'm just going to hand it over, hand the microphone over to you, and just say, Mandalorian. What are your general opinions of this show? I have thoroughly enjoyed the Mandalorian from the very first episode. Uh, when, when the the trailers first came out, to to sitting down and and just waiting by the TV for the, the episode to actually start, you know, being able to actually play it uh, on, on streaming, uh, it was the very first thing I did. As soon as they said, "Oh, it's on Disney Plus," I went immediately and, and ordered Disney Plus. You know, well before Mandalorian actually came out itself. But um, I've always loved the Star Wars. Uh, universe and uh, the Mandalorians have always been a major part of that. Um, the wonderful thing that I loved about it is because I grew up in the Clint Eastwood era, uh, I will call them spaghetti westerns. It, it was exactly uh, that. You know, the whole series, if you ever go back and watch A Man with No Name, uh, those. Um, movies, you just watch The Mandalorian uh, in its entirety on, on that aspect is because that's the kind of character he is. There was, there was even a Seven Samurai episode. It was great. There was. There's a Seven Samurai episode. Actually, <laughs> the, the, uh, if you look at this, it's a combination of the, the Clint Eastwood Spaghetti Westerns. It's a combination of Lone Wolf, Lone Wolf and Cub, mm-hmm. which I know I, I introduced Erica to those comics oh, ages Lone Wolf ago. And Cub is so good. Well, that's what this is. I know. You, you got Lone, You've been able to mix these these multiple genres together to create this series, and I have totally enjoyed it from beginning to end. Uh, uh, the IG Eleven uh, character from from its first episode to it to its final final <laughs> demise uh it, it was great to, to see its growth in, it, in its own character aspect um the i will say and 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 i've only got one major issue throughout the whole with with the whole series and they misnamed grugro because yoda began with the y Yada began with a Y, and we get Grogra. Grogu. What happened there? 
It's Grogu, Dad. Yeah. I, it, 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 oh it, my it, gosh! Does two examples set a naming convention? You're you're a Grogu. You're a DB person. Why would two examples set a naming convention? Because convention. it's the only time that those aliens or that race has been together, and and so this is the third charm. Come on. <laughs> it, I think it needs to be used at least three times for it to be well, a naming should have been the third time because it's, <laughs> it's the only time they've ever showed the race three times oh sorry <laughs> i was actually sad that they gave him a name to be honest i i, I think if they make a if they make a grogu chia pet um calling him grogo would be good exactly there you go or uh, they, they, could they have already a new have line. made several uh chia pets they could make a new line of mandalorian um mandalorian fertilizer called grogo oh good god thank you that that's you know uh, like i said being able to see uh all the other characters come in uh ahsoka and then boca katan uh yeah it, it, it's just been great I can't wait to see what they do with Thrawn next series, next season. Holy shit. I think Thrawn is going to show up on Ahsoka. I think Thrawn is definitely going to show up on Ahsoka. I'm, I, I, I need to add spinoffs to our discussion list because I didn't think of that because Ahsoka is going to be great. I, well, I mean, as everybody here knows, I'm of the firm opinion that 789 should have been the Thrawn trilogy. So <laughs> I completely agree. It would have been a, so much better. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really happy that Mandalorian is the sequel to Rebels. I'm I'm happy that they did that. I don't I don't know how many people here have watched Rebels, but well, they've done a really good job of just continuing the Clone Wars Rebels and then following it with Mandalorian. It's not that it's the sequel, it's the fact that they're creating their own expanded universe after they've create after they've they've taken the one that was already ca- and decanonized the one that already existed. Oh. I would love um, Mr. Bones to show up on The Mandalorian. That's my my big Legends thing that I think would be fantastic to show up on Mandalorian. Oh, man. Um, so Mr. Bones is a battle droid that shows up in the Aftermath series, which is the, the first new expanded universe series, um, which... Aftermath, the whole trilogy, is kind of garbage, but Mr. Bones is fantastic. They made a battle droid that's souped up and kicks ass and, like, and like says things like, murder everyone, Roger, Roger. <laughs> <laughs> destruction, destruction. It is a red battle droid decorated with bones. I mean, personally, if they wanted to go for, like, a long-term television series, they could do the Yuzong Vong War. I'm I'm kind of wondering if the Yuzon Vong will creep back into canon because they could they could totally do that with, you know, with um I need to ask, you know, we're doing full spoilers for Mandalorian. Um, can I spoil Rebels a little bit? Absolutely. Um Thrawn and um Ezra in the Rebels series, they ended the series in unknown regions of space. Yeah. yeah. And I think that could they could te- they could definitely bring the Vong back into canon using that. The um 
And I think Ahsoka on Mandalorian was searching for Thrawn. I don't think she's really searching for Thrawn. I think she's searching for Ezra. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think she's looking for Ezra. And she just knows that he's with Thrawn. I mean, if if you were trying to find, you know, somebody, the easiest way to do, and they were with, you know, an Empire official like that, the easiest way to do that is to track down what the Empire knows. So I think that's exactly what she was doing. I, I think there's a really good chance that Thrawn probably doesn't have anything to do with the canon stories and he's just been lost in the outer reaches of space and he might lead to the bong. I mean, I don't, a lot of people have been t- predicting that Thrawn probably had to do with the rise of the first order, but I don't think so. I don't think Thrawn was involved in that at all. I think they, they took Thrawn out of the picture so he didn't complicate yeah. things. Yeah. That was my understanding of the way of how that worked. In my opinion, I think that the, uh, oh, unfortunately in the, in the expanded universe, the what's left of the empire, which would have become the new order was uh headed by admiral pelion which was second in command to thrawn when he was around so so um david and milton why don't you just yeah. go off and start talking about how legends connects to mandalorian because <laughs> i know you two are the big you two are the big original expanded universe people I, I, it was my main motivation for having Milton here. <laughs> oh, geez. Thank you. Um, I mean, I, I started reading expanded universe and entirely legend stuff with the rogue with X with the X wing series, which yeah. takes place directly after the events at Baccarat, which take place directly after the events at uh, Endor. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've, I've read the majority of the expanded universe. How, yeah, much, but, how much expanded universe that happens immediately after the trilogy could still happen without them screwing everything up? I mean, what could they still use? Oh, there's there's tons of, of stuff right, that came yeah. out afterwards. I mean, you know, forget, you know, Thrawn series by far is, is, is the best, but uh, there, there's so many others. You have the Mara Jade storyline. Uh, which you, you could bring out, which would which would be great. Um, and if you go into the uh, yeah, the rich comics, the Dark Horse comics, you, you have the Dark Empire series mm-hmm. uh, that you could bring out. I mean, there's so much more. Uh, Yasan Isard is such a good bad guy for the series too. They could make a whole bunch of stuff with her as the main Imperial threat. <laughs> oh man. Uh, the, uh, yeah. I mean the, the truce that Bakura could be done still the Sis Ruck were another alien species that, that uh, it was a book where they bas- it basically an alien presence forced the empire to ask the new Republic for help. <laughs> And yeah. the aftermath of that. Um, then there's the uh, the courtship of Princess Leia, which yep. is where uh, Han is going after Leia, but Leia is trying to court the Hapens to throw yep. in with the New Republic because they have a fleet. And they've got vast, massive resources, access to wealth and things. And, and the other things, too, is is you could carry on. Uh, and, and this is because as Disney now controls this is uh, to move towards the younger generation. They could bring in the Young Jedi series. Mm-hmm. There's a whole group. What, what There was like 12 books in that series. I think it was. Oh, yeah. With uh, Luke, uh, with uh, Leia and Han's uh, kids you know, uh, going on. And again, those, those young Jedi kids are all in, in the use on Vogue series. Well, Yuzan Bong, in, sorry. Until Lucas decreed that, that there could only be one Anakin and had to kill him. But yes. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's. <laughs> the less said about that, the better. 
<laughs> I think a lot of the theme of this podcast is going to be, God, I wish the pre- the sequels didn't happen. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I know I Erica's opinion on um, The Last Jedi is very different than most of what um, the Internet says. Isn't that right, Erica? Probably. I you were really happy with a lot of The Last Jedi. I mean, you like the idea of Rey being from nowhere. You like the whole Raylo. Well, Raylo, not in the romantic sense, but in the sense that they they balance the force. So for me, I thought they were really going on the right track. So the whole idea was that, um, you know, Anakin was going to balance the force. Well, clearly it wasn't going to be that he was the balance, but that maybe he was a catalyst for the balance. And I feel like that was really, you know, through the series of events and then them having a connection through the force. And both of them, if we're really honest, are are great are gray force users. They're they're neither all good nor all bad, either one of them. And I think that, you know, those opposing forces uh, in complete balance with each other, with both of them being, you know, the most powerful force users was exactly where it needed to be. I, I was not happy with the way it ended because there should have never been any sort of romance. Like you can, you can have a connection with somebody of the opposite sex that is completely unromantic. And I think that it is just a trope to have done that. And it was a cop out. And then of course, because it happened, he had to die. And now the universe is out of balance again. If, if this whole whole thing started all the way back to the prequel is having balance to the force, then they had a perfect opportunity to bring balance to the force and explore other things other than the force. And they just completely fucked it. <laughs> is what I, they did. I think Ryan Johnson was on the right path with The Last Jedi. I honestly think he was. I think he I was did. shaking things up. He was changing things. And he was on the right path. And unfortunately, the studio caved into fan derisiveness and was like, we don't like it. Be different. Make it the same. And then they made it the same. With and then this. everybody hated that they made it the same. And they weren't only caving to that. They also were trying to compete with Infinity War and make episode nine very epically Infinity War-ish where they bring everything together, which, I mean, I thought it was kind of awesome, but it wasn't it wasn't what the story needed. I, I have, I'm very divided on it. Um, but back to Mandalorian, I have two things I'd like to talk about. So we have a really cool cast of characters on Mandalorian. I would like to discuss what our favorite ones are, but we also have characters that are talking about being introduced. I'd like to talk about who we would like to have cast in those roles. Ooh. So All right. um, for, first off, um, I'm going to start... I, I have on my screen, I have it, Milton, myself, Erica, David. I'm going to start with David and just say, who is your favorite character on the show? Oh, that's and, tough. There are so many good ones. Yeah. Um, I honestly, I, I really, really like the character they've written for Carl Weathers. Oh, oh uh, what's his name? What's the character's name? Because I don't know actors' names. I'm, we're, I'm just going to be honest. I'm oh, not really good with that. I couldn't. I don't remember his name. He's the he's the the guy that gives Reef Mando Karga. the bounty. He's Reef. the guy that gives Mando the bounties on Reef Carga. Uh, Griff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's like the mayor of the town now. Yeah. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've I've he's he's great. <laughs> and to be fair, every episode's got at least one cameo in it from somebody famous, and it's kind of a game of spot spot the cameo as you're watching. <laughs> yeah, I I whenever I see him, I just think Dylan. 
Yeah, I mean, another really great character is uh, the one who played the Ugnot. I can't remember his name. Um, I'm the worst with names, I swear. Remind me no, what I'm alien species that is. The second episode, the Ugnot. Uh, I have spoken. Oh, yeah, that's um, that's Hellboy. That's um, Ron Perlman. That's what? not Ron Perlman. Not Ron Perlman. It's not? No. No. It's somebody else. It's somebody else famous. I can't really, I can't, I'm terrible. Oh, it's Nick Nolte. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, those two are interchangeable in my head. I I have have spoken. (laughs) Yeah, he's he's a great character. Yeah, I liked him. He was a good character. Every episode's got great cameos. I was so upset when they killed him for no reason. Yeah. It wasn't for no reason, though, but yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let's see. Where are they at technology-wise? They have handheld communicators that are linked to themselves why would they t- why would he talk on an open channel that the imperials can hear so that way they can send someone out to kill him plot convenience yeah that was just i, I i'm sorry <laughs> just the technology that was available on that world i mean they they were fringy so i mean it was what he had I, yeah and remember how long how long did he work for the imperials he was a tech guy in the imperials for something like 30 some odd years that he, no, it was, he had in, it was longer it was, it was like 300 years 300 years like, he was a, he was an indentured servant working in their tech industry and he wouldn't have a secure comm link. Yeah, it was still fringe world. I mean... I don't care. He, had, he, he gave it to him. It was his own rolled, comm he link. He rolled one on all his checks to make them. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> no, it wasn't he rolled one. He just took ten. He didn't do anything special. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, out. he has spoken. <laughs> I have spoken. <laughs> um, Erica, what about you? favorite characters you are not on do not hear you sorry so my favorite character only shows up in like um three episodes and it's uh uh peli moto she's the the engineer person that fixes his ship oh yeah oh she's she's amazing she's great (laughs) she's just fabulous she's just i mean it's she's exactly who he needed at a time he needed and and she's invested in the little guy. <laughs> she's I'm just... going to take care of you and then charge yes, your daddy oh, for it. <laughs> I love you so much. Like, I, I love that. I, I relate to that character because I, I think I'm a mother before I am anything else. And I, and I'm, I mother the people on my work team. I mean, they say something and I go, Oh, honey, no, let me help you with that. Like, I don't know how not to do that. <laughs> so as soon as she saw, you know, baby Yoda or Grogu, whatever, and, and she was like, Oh, I'll take care of you. I was like, Oh, I get her. I get her right here. We're we're on the same page. She's, you know, she's sort of like you in that she's a mom, but she's a mom to those droids, which are pretty much just like your children. Oh, why, thank you. <laughs> you mean they uh, break and destroy everything? Nah, <laughs> uh, pit droids. I I love those droids. I, I think that the use of some of the comedic stuff that was maligned in the prequels, but in the in the new in in Mandalorian it's like they're using that stuff and people are loving it but people hated it and i mean hell those pit droids are freaking episode 1 fodder yep <laughs> i do love the one that hit itself in the nose to turn itself off that was great yeah <laughs> <laughs> nope out dunk <laughs> I, I also was a, a big fan of Mayfield, and I know he was only in like two episodes too, but I really enjoyed that character a lot. Did you know that he was cast in that role as a joke? 
Really? The reason why is because um, he, um, Bill Burr is very outspoken as hating Star Wars. Yeah, but he's so good in that role. Yeah, he, he flat out said he totally hated the, the, the original trilogy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's not just like a, this, this series is ruined by the prequels kind of fan. He's like the, the entire thing sucks. That was one of his big things in stand-up was talking about how much he hates Star Wars. And then they cast him... Which As just shows how good of an actor of he is. Favorite he can, characters. He could play a character that well in a and in a series he hates. And it's funny. I really don't like his stand up. I <laughs> I've seen it a couple times. Like I saw the Saturday Night Live, and it's not bad. It's just it doesn't strike the right tone for me. I I just don't like it. Um, he strikes me as a more belligerent Dennis Leary. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like yeah. if Dennis Leary punched you in the face, that would be Bill Burr. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dennis Leary said shocking things to be shocking. Bill Burr says shocking things because that's what he believes. <laughs> At least that's what he wants you to believe he believes. <laughs> yeah, but I like uh, there are other comedians I really, really like. And his his face pops up, but not his name that I've seen him a few times. And he's even more ruthless than Bill Burr is. I think what I don't like about Bill Burr isn't that he's ruthless and what he says because that i can appreciate i appreciate complete candor whether or not it hurts my feelings or not um but i think i think there's more to it and he's still sugarcoating it so i figure like you have to be on either side of the fence you can't quite if you're going to sugarcoat things then sugarcoat it if you're not then just say it and i think he he teeters that line which is why i really can't buy-in if you're going to be vicious then be vicious but you know i don't know but as far as his acting as mayfield he was very good and i really really enjoyed it when they brought him into that recent episode where they went into the imperial base and they kind of looked at it from the perspective of being an imperial um they were doing a direct homage to inglorious bastards yes they were and it was it was amazing. It was well done, and it was in Star Wars. I mean, so good. Um, so one good. of the neat little fandom things about Mayfeld that's cool is when um, his character was introduced, and they they put him in all the little Star Wars wikis. Um, his home planet <laughs> was Space Boston. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't well, know that. That's good. It, you can find screenshots of it. It's oh, been God, since edited funny. out. But yeah, but but you have to. You also have to enjoy that. Even though he was playing the character, he did a great job playing the the character of Mayfield in there. He was also still being his sarcastic self. Because did you catch the line in that episode, The Believer, when he went when they went into the base? When he said, oh, yeah, we're, we're really busy. We have to go do our TPS reports. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. Yes, I found that. Yes. <laughs> Gotta love an I office space. Gotta go space follow those TPS reports. An office space <laughs> reference in Star Wars. Oh, my in God. canon Star Wars. <laughs> but you gotta, you gotta love it, you know? It, I, it, oh, absolutely. That, that makes great. me think that line was improv and they just went with it because it was funny. <laughs> Mayfeld is basically the fourth wall breaker of the Star Wars universe now because he did that whole thing where the first time he was introduced, he makes a Jar Jar Binks joke that he's clearly yep. making fun of the character. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's it. Oh my god. When when um Jin talks about how he's 
he's like, oh, you're sh- you're a sharpshooter in the Empire. And he's like, I'm not a stormtrooper. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Look, uh, Mil- look, Milton, look! Um, I am under the firm opinion that the reason why stormtroopers got a bad name for their aim is because they missed on purpose. They were told to let them go. I agree too. <laughs> I agree too. I think that they were they were missing on purpose because the Empire wanted to wanted to set up things that was predestined by yes, the Empire yes. the Emperor's visions. Yes, Leia called it right. That was too easy. They let us go. <laughs> Yep. 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 But then after that, through the rest of the through the rest of the the, the story, they still missed. Well, I'm sorry. You you got thirty stormtroopers chasing you know four characters down a hallway. You got a long hallway, and thirty people can't hit the four. I don't know. They they didn't miss the Ewoks. They didn't. They they missed Chewy. How big was Chewy in a hallway? I don't know. <laughs> Freaking, if I'm in a if I'm in a hallway with that monster and I'm running the other way, I'm probably gonna miss. By the way, I remembered the name of the comedian I was talking about that was more vicious than uh, Bill Burr, uh, Doug Stanhope. Oh, good God! I don't know him. He opens up know. a show making jokes about child pornography. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. Quickly moving on, Milton. Yeah. Favorite characters. <laughs> my favorite, uh, you know, like I already said, IG Eleven was by far one of my my favorites. The Ognot, I, I truly loved him because he kind of kept uh, the Mandalorian in line. Yeah, it's you know, it, I, I have said. Uh, and then uh, one of my other favorites, and it's only because I, I did watch the Clone War series and, and all was uh, Boca Katan uh, because the other aspect is I always enjoyed Katie Sackett from the new Battlestar Galactica. So. Oh man, when I saw her, I went, oh, that's exactly, exactly, that was my thing. It was like, oh my God. <laughs> you know, she voiced the character in Clone Wars and Rebels too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, so it was just, yeah. It, it was great to go, see her. They didn't do the same thing with Ahsoka because the actress who voiced Ahsoka is not an actress. She's a voice actor. Right. I mean, that's that's why. And it, it was an easy thing. I mean, they, they would have had, it would have been too difficult to get a voice actor to act on screen when all they do is voice acting. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, good, good casting the, the, choice, though. Yeah, but the the uh, one of the other ones was the voice actor for Anakin was in the uh, the episode where they went and and uh, uh, to spring the uh, yeah the heist the criminal episode. the heist episode he he was the uh, the rebel officer that they shot and I'm sure they'll probably cameo the voice actress that originally did Ahsoka no I'm sure they will yeah I do love that uh, that show they uh, for the the finale of the first se- the first season they had to call in the five 50- the, the LA garrison of the 501st for extras because they didn't have enough costumes. <laughs> my my favorite character um, on the show is the Frog Woman. Oh, she was good. Yeah. Oh, she was, good. She, was she was all right. She was I, all right. You gotta you the an actor who has to act in a puppetry suit with puppetry cos prosthetics. I mean, what? First off, it's a team. You know, it's a team. There's a remote control person controlling that mask. Right. And they have to emote, but the whole the whole bath scene. I love the right. you know all this going on. I'm gonna go find a place to take a bath because one, I'm a frog. Yeah. And two, I have to warm up my babies. 
But they were unfertilized eggs. That's one thing a lot of people miss is those eggs were not fertilized. Yeah, everybody was like, oh, he's eating babies. I was like, no, he's, no, eating, he's eating eggs. eggs. Yeah, well, the other thing is, is from a mother perspective, she just was not keeping track of her eggs. <laughs> yeah, but I think that, I mean, if this species is based off frog, like real life frogs, as it appears to be, I mean, they don't. They lay a bunch. They know a bunch of them are going to, like, not make it. And they're fine with that. that you know? He ate so many of those things that she was laying more along the way. She would have had to. <sighs> Freaking I love I love Grogu. I think Grogu is a fantastic character. And oh yeah, oh, he, he made the show. He really he really made the whole show. I I get blown away how very often you can't tell when they're using CGI and when they're using a puppet. Mm-hmm. I think for the majority of the time it is a puppet. I think they yeah, use CGI yeah. very limitedly, and I think yeah. often the CGI is sometimes just helping the puppetry. I think. Um, so I want to talk about casting, and then I want to talk a little bit about how the show is made. So well, I'm going to go first. Take, can we take a moment to appreciate that uh, Mark Hamill was a bartender? I know, I know, he shows up at the end, or the CGI version of Luke shows up at the end. But he also was like the bartender robot guy and did the voice for that. Because as soon as I heard it, I went, wait a second, because they really played with it. So like you couldn't really tell it was Mark Hamill. But I've listened. Or, I've heard Mark I've, Hamill voice things and enough things I could pick exactly, him out. Exactly. <laughs> I've heard Mark Hamill voice things and enough things that I went, wait a second. I, that guy. I didn't know that. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Oh, you didn't? Yeah. No. Yeah. So like we were watching, uh, and, and this is on topic with Mark Hamill. We were watching a Studio Ghibli movie. Um, God, it was like one of the first ones about an island in the sky or something like that. And he plays the bad guy. And as soon as the bad guy opens his mouth, I was like, honey, do you know that, who that is? And he goes, who? And I'm like, it's Mark Hamill. And he goes, oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> like, I can just pick his voice out from wherever it is because he just does so much good voice work. So so casting. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go first on this. Um, I, I just want to, just for time, I want to cast Thrawn because I think Thrawn is one of the big characters we're all looking forward to seeing. Okay. Um, Fassbender. That's Mike- my choice. Michael Fassbender? Yes. He would do a serviceable job. Yeah, calculated character. I mean, uh, what was uh, the um, the other guy that would be good would be the guy who played the Nazi in um, Inglorious Bastards. Uh, what's his Which- name? Fitz something. Which Nazi? There were a lot of them. The one that the one that the last one to get the swastika carved into his forehead. Oh, um, Hans Landa. Um, um, oh shit. <sighs> Make me look this up now. Uh, Christoph Waltz. Christoph Waltz, yeah. I'm sorry. I, 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 you know, from all perspectives, David Cumberbatch. Yeah, uh, that's what I was thinking Cumberbatch. Would Benedict be Cumberbatch? Yeah. Benedict, yeah, Benedict Cumberbatch. I'm sorry. Benedict Cumberbund. Yeah, David yeah, Cumberbatch. Cumberbund. His, his, it, it'll be his brother's debut in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Benedict Cumberbatch would make a fantastic throng. Yes, he would. Yeah, you, you, you throw the, yeah, he already has the, the, the right facial structure. He has the right acting chops. Uh, he just yeah. has to take the human mask off and he's already blue. You know, yeah, one of the yeah, neat yeah. things about the the if the way the character is portrayed, it can be anybody, even if they're a little bit too old. I think Christopher Walken would be a good choice. God. Oh my God. That would be um, interesting. 
Not, well, everything that I've that I've read and seen and stuff, I, I think Chris Rock is a little too old for it. Sorry. Sorry. Well, if 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 Mark Hamill is too old to play Mark ha- a young Mark Hamill, well, Mark yeah. Hamill voiced young Mark Hamill. He just did yeah. one body. Right. It was a deep fake, wasn't it? When they the way they did Luke at the end, they did it with a deep fake. I it, no, it was a CGI. He, he went in and they did the dog. Yeah. There was a stand. There was an actor that they CGI'd Mark Hamill's younger. Yeah, face what on. the CGI technology they used was deep fake, which is um, Google's way of adding okay. face to another face. Yeah. Yes, I, I, I don't know the details. Yeah, it's actually technology that we that consumers have access to. Like we can deep fake people. Actually, I've already seen someone where the, where the uh, a VFX uh, team did a deep fake and they redid that scene using their standard video cards and, and they did a much better job than Disney did. Well, I'm sure Disney was doing it on trying to do it on the cheap and quickly. So they they did it in a week with five, with with some guys that that are just sitting in, in an that, office. Was that Collider? I think it was Collider that did that. It might have been. Yeah, Collider but it, does a lot of that where they'll be like, hey, can we do this better using consumer technology? And, and they did. And, and by far, the lighting, the facial structure, everything was, was like Luke was standing there. It really was so well done. And then they were using their own actors and they redid the whole scene physically uh, with, with all the lighting and the doors and the smoke and everything else. And if, if you could hunt that down after well done and share it with us, I'll, I I'll, will share I'll it post with it to the Facebook because I'd like to determine who that was and give our fans a chance to to watch that and check that out. Right. Yeah, it was very well done. I was just like, really? Why couldn't Disney do that? So, sorry. What are some other speculative characters that could show up in the Mandalorian universe, either on Mandalorian or one of the spinoffs? Well, you know, back to back to Thrawn. I th- I had to I had to look him up because I could think I couldn't think of his name because I'm terrible with it. But one of the people that stands out to me is uh, William Fitchner. Oh yeah, that'd be interesting. Be I mean he just he just not only looks like Thrawn, but he has that serious in his character acting. He has that serious, you know. Yeah demeanor here i'll send you a link for those of you that can't picture him no i'm, I'm looking at him right now yeah i mean he just he has that he has that oh, yeah. structure and he has that serious i feel like he would be a really good yeah he, he, i think he would do good anecdote i met william fickner at a clippers game once at a concession stand he was ordering a burger right in front of me and <laughs> buddy and i were standing there we ordered as well he looked over he goes he goes so how long has this been taken and i was like i don't know we just ordered and he's like oh, all right we stood there chit chatted for a couple minutes and then as he walked away my buddy's like hey that was what yeah i know <laughs> <laughs> I'm like yeah i know i wasn't trying to fanboy out i wanted to treat him like a normal person he was there with his son so <laughs> yeah but I, I think he would be a good Thrawn. Yeah. It would be. Yeah. He would definitely bring an intensity to it. Which I think is kind of the point, right? Well, it was the thing about Thrawn. He was always soft, soft-spoken and very analytical and cold. And some would say Asperger's as fuck. But <laughs> Well, yeah. I mean, you, you, you know, he would be able to identify the weaknesses of a culture by their artwork. I mean, yep. Yeah, you know, that is very, very Asperger's. Was he neurotypical for his species or was he neurodivergent? Uh, I believe he was considered neurodivergent. 
the Chiss as a as a as a people are highly intelligent, but he was at a level above and beyond even the average Chiss. Yeah. And um, yeah, yeah, there there aren't there aren't too many Chiss out and about anyways, because their their home world is in the unknown regions to begin with. Well, and then you really have to to look at the fact that you know from a uh, the point of view, if you if you look, he was the only for the longest time n- only non-human in the mm-hmm. imperial uh, leadership of yeah. any. Yep, and, and in fact that he made uh, you know grand admiral. He got to wear the whites. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I mean you know going back uh, as 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 we're touching all this, one of the 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 great things that I've, I I really enjoyed about the series was looking at all the different armor types that they they pulled in through all the different episodes as they bounced from planet to planet. They actually did a pretty good job of keeping the armor types for those areas. Yeah, that was pretty good. Sorry. I think what you're looking for is congruency. Thank you, love. <laughs> i i i am very impressed with our discussion of this topic we have delved into the exciting things about the mandalorian series and how it ties into um star wars and brings um beloved things that were decanonized back into canon and we can speculate that this show is just going to get better and better with every season and with every spinoff I'm looking forward to the Boba Fett show. That's gonna be interesting. I I yeah. am I am trying to keep my expectations low. Oh, me too. But well, I mean, look at how they ended the, the series with him walking in and taking over. <laughs> Is he gonna get fat? I doubt it. <laughs> I doubt it. He was he he wasn't fat uh, at the end there. So uh, I, I have to B- say, the- Bib Fortuna got fat because he didn't he he overindulged in the lifestyle. Now I think one of the neat things about Boba Fett's Boba Fett's actor is he is much more portly than he used to be, mm-hmm. and costume oh, design can- has been hiding it as much as possible. Oh, you can I, see. I notice it all the time. I'm like, oh, yeah. wow. Well, he's put on a good. Guy. He's put yeah. on a good thirty, forty pounds. But I, think oh, yeah, I think you put I on think more than that. Look at the the way that the armor sat. If you look at the, you know, you look at them side by side, Boba Fett and the Mandalorian uh, side by side, and you look at the, how the armor fits. The armor is the same size, but it doesn't fit that well on Boba. <laughs> but I don't think the actor is chubby at all. I, I, I was watching a thing on him. Um, where he was talking about how he worked with the stunt coordinators to create Boba's martial style, mm-hmm. and they based it on um, Maori Maui dances. Yeah, Maori dances. Um, Which makes sense. New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. That uh, that's just wild. That I love that that he actually requested having a gaffy stick. Well, it makes sense uh, canonically, uh, at least as far as the uh, bounty hunter trilogy is concerned. Uh, when he crawled his way out of the dying Sarlacc. Uh, his armor was ruined. So the only thing he had around him was what when the sand people found him, <laughs> he used what he could get. <laughs> yeah, you grab a bantha stick and go for it. <laughs> I mean, he was badly burned from the acid from the Sarlacc, the, the Sarlacc stomach. Yeah. I, I was very impressed with the whole thing from beginning to end. I think it was well thought out. It was well planned. It was executed correctly. They found the right actors and actresses. I mean, overall, I think that's why it's getting such amazing ratings, e- even from those Star Wars fans that are much more critical than than we are. I'm not that critical of a Star Wars fan. I'm really, really not. Like, I... Same thing for, like, Star Trek. Like, I got into a... a 
I don't want to say fight, but I got into a uh, disagreement with another Star Trek fan about Discovery. So the first the first season of Discovery, they're like, that's that's not what it is. That's not what it like. I was like, can you just roll with it? Can you just see where they're taking it? Like, you've got to open your mind. You can't sit there and just say, well, it's always been this way. You know, I think the only thing that I very much disagreed with was uh, on the prison episode, uh, the Twi'lek uh, girl, the way her teeth were filed and stuff. That's generally a male thing, not a female thing for Twi'leks. And I get that each character is different, but I just thought, I don't know, maybe it's just I just had never really seen uh, a Twi'lek in that, like that type of viciousness. And well, like, it just sat wrong with me. You can explain it as, for one, she was a criminal, so she was already kind of separate from the culture. And two, maybe she was honoring her brother because he was incarcerated. Well, also, she was tweaked. She was flat out tweaked yeah, mentally. Was sorry. Nuts. Also, also, <laughs> okay, I was trying to say politely. Yeah, she was flat out nuts. <laughs> also, one of the things you learn in the X-wing series is that the Twi'leks actually have a very robust and proud warrior tradition, and people in the galaxy only see them as traitors and barterers because those are the ones that leave leave the planet. But the Rylothian, the people on Ryloth actually have a very deep and and strong military tradition. But see, I don't think that was it for me. I think it was so. So there there's being a warrior and there's being um you know ruthless and then there's being vicious yeah there's a much different i mean there, there's there's a there's a gap between those two things and i just felt like the character was overly overly vicious um well, i think the vicious streak was more just because she was insane and a criminal so yeah, I if we're talking about insanity, then yeah, I I would go with that for sure. I just, I don't know. It just sat with me like in a yeah. So you know what and, time it is, everybody? It is time for us to explore <laughs> our actual technology that our podcast has. Um, you would think of it as a technology that's from the pages of science fiction, but we actually are in possession of a fully functional extra dimensional portal. We have a manual now. We we've been practicing with this thing off recording. And we now believe we are fully capable of some new wonders with this thing. Erica has been doing some research and um, there have been some events going on. Erica, why don't you take over and talk about this? Yeah. So uh, after the weirdness that has been occurring with our consoles, I uh, decided to borrow Brian's since I don't have one of my own and kind of take a look at it and tweak it a little bit. Um, funny enough, Rowan seemed to understand how it worked a lot better than I did. Um, oh. I'm not sure why. Maybe it's a some sort of intuition, like the less language you understand, the more function you understand. I'm not really sure. Kids but, are good uh, with technology. <laughs> kids are good with technology. It's yeah. like how kids can kids kids can figure out how to set the time on the VCR way before we can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, it's one of those, uh, it was just really weird. But uh, in the course of uh, kind of examining this, right, she showed me this series of keys that uh, she seemed to think uh, would would be fun to play with. And when we hit them, it was almost like all the light in the room drained out and we all became like black and white. 
And I thought it was weird. That is weird. Yeah. And then I started getting like weird static like noises. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to hit the buttons here and uh, and kind of see if you guys are going to experience the same thing that we experienced when I did this. So um, let me. Do you guys see that? Everything went plaid. Plaid? Like not in a good way. Everything is black and white here. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, it's super weird, right? That, that is weird. Hmm. Whoa, whoa, there you go, too. Yeah. Whoa, see? I know. I thought it was super weird. Do you hear that? Do you hear that 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 static sound? I can hear the cries of yeah. lost souls screaming to get into our reality, but that's normal for me. Oh, crap. I think it's spread over here. The plaid is melted into black and white. Ah. I can see that. Ah. Oh, so weird. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, she thought this was just a giggle. Like she just laughed hysterically about it. And uh, it was almost like she was talking to somebody else, but I couldn't quite make it out. The lights are blinking again, but I can't tell what color they are. Oh, yeah. I mean, when, That's when not good. Uh, all the color fades out of reality, that definitely happens. So can you reverse it? Um, Let me. Or do I just have to go to work in grayscale now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I can I can sit here and try. Hold on. Oh God, it's Pleasantville all over again. Oh no! Who's got the remote? Erica's got the remote. <laughs> it's not working. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. It's not working. Control Alt Delete. I apparently Control have Z. deer antlers now. Control Z. Control Z. Okay. All right. Oh, let me nope. It's oh, Cynthia. Wait, wait. Wait. My Z button moved. Where the? What the hell? Wow. I don't. Super weird, guys. Oh my God. Oh my God. Everything's like red now. What is happening? All right. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Let me hit. Let me hit reset. Let me hit reset on this. Let's see. Let's see if that works. Hold on. And Erica has been sucked into a vortex and has lost his space and time. Well, all right. Looks like a good a place as any to end it for the end it for the week. <laughs> so we have talked about the Mandalorian today before um, getting trapped in in um, grayscale dimensions. Um, it, it's funny. It's 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 almost like we're doing some kind of pastiche on Wandavision. Um, but you know, no, that's not what we're doing. <laughs> we actually have this technology. Anyway, um, thank you all for joining us on our journey of exploration into the Mandalorian. And um, thank you, Milton, for being here. We have very My much pleasure. appreciated your pressure, your private, your presence during this discussion. Uh, I have been Super Vegan Brian. I was joined by. Curse, you smurf, Erica. Goodbye, everybody. David Theobald III. Bye, nurse. And Uncle Milty himself, Milton. My pleasure. This has been Nerd Podcast Radio. Stay dirty, stay informed, and stay awesome. Uh, stay awesome. Brian, I'd tell you to cut her off, but she's gone, so... Uh...